Hello, and welcome to episode 166 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Henny? Yes. You know I'm going to start off with something. Always. Because I, I just... appreciate it. I just... Okay, there's a couple of things. One is that you you know, and I'm not sure if I already talked about this like last episode, about my sour cream that I had to make again because I yes. couldn't find sour cream here. Yep. Well, here's the thing. So I made it, and then I thought, oh, there's more than I'm going to need. I almost like dumped what I thought wasn't going, I wasn't going to use. But so okay. that was over a week ago that I made that. Yes. Well, you know, I, I'm surprised at the number of things that I can use sour cream on. <laughs> okay. Just add a little bit of here, a little bit of there. What can I do? Anyways, my husband said, I, I actually prefer this to a store-bought one. Wow. Wow. So like, in the Greek yogurt to sour cream scale, like yeah. where is yours? Well, see, for me, Greek yogurt can be runny. So if you were to put, like, well, I can actually take the spoon out and it doesn't fall off my spoon. Okay. Like meringue. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Kind of like that consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like and... if you pulled the spoon out, there would, uh, like a peak would form. Yes, like there's, and it, yeah, yeah, and it's on the spoon. I, I, I got so, a good, I like got not a good a whole, visual with not that. Not a whole peak, but no, no, it no. does like, yeah. Yeah, so we, we've used, I think in the last, like, I don't know, eight days, I think we've used it like three times on food. Wow. Most, most recently last night, because last night, and I was trying to like sell you on it, but I know yeah, it's but a no-go. <laughs> no, I know. Just one more food to add on to the list of stuff that Henny won't eat and she yeah, doesn't like, sorry, sorry. which is so weird. Anyways, eggplant. And I, I can appreciate that because eggplant is a weird vegetable. Yeah, like I just, it's it's just not for me. I just don't like it. So, I mean, I have many times like made a ratatouille and a yeah. big, huge batch. And I will buy eggplant and I'll add that in because eggplant is like mushrooms. It adds moisture. Right. And I have like, I have eaten ratatouille before and it had eggplant in it and I ate the eggplant. It's not like I ate around it, you know, like it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But, but like to just have eggplant, like one time, a couple of years ago, my colleague made like breaded eggplant, like eggplant parmesan is what yeah. she made yeah. for lunch. And it was yeah. not good. Well, there's a couple of reasons. Like, was it heated up after it had been cooked? Uh, yeah. So that's a problem. Because it, it it is something you, if I've made eggplant parmesan, like, many times. You have to kind of eat it right out of the oven. Because eggplant, to me, is creamy when it still has the skin on it and you cook it. So the recipe last night was, like, stuffed. It was lentil-stuffed eggplant. And so I, you had to spoon out the, like cut the eggplant in half and then spoon it out and then use the stuff you spooned out and you're going to chop that up to add it into the filling with the lentils. But you had to leave like a half and a quarter of an inch around and then you roasted those. So I've never done that before, mm-hmm. but because it still had the skin, it actually like held its shape. And then, then you filled it with the other, like with, with the lentil mixture. I added uh, a little bit of Parmesan cheese onto the, or mozzarella and Parmesan onto it. And then I did put it back in just to let that melt and that. But this is where, then I thought, sour cream. We can use sour cream. Ah, okay. 
to add a little bit, like a little dabble, do you? You know, and like, yep. Anyway, so Phil doesn't is not a fan either of of eggplant. He eats it, yeah. But yeah, if he, he had an an option, it wouldn't be that. So he knew that I was making it. Anyways, I was, as I wrote to you. I exaggerated and said he loved it. And that you were was, like, love, that was, best. that was the best. Sandy's like, and even Phil loved it. And I was like, but like, did he love it? <laughs> or like, did he say, oh, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, and of course, then I had to come down and say that to Phil. And and he's like, uh, I'm not an eggplant. I, you know, I wouldn't, if you would like ask me if I would think I would like it, I, I would have said no. He said, but it was really good. It was more flavorful than I it, it exceeded my expectations yeah. like it well, was really it was really it was really tasty anyhow and like that, the thing is I love lentils and I love the spice blend that is yes. in the recipe coriander cumin paprika like these Ugh. like you are speaking my language as far as mm-hmm. flavor goes but I know that I'm just not that fond of eggplant and so I mean I could probably make it and it would probably be fine but I think I would rather make it with something that I know I like better. Yeah. Like I was thinking I could make it with a spaghetti squash, for example. Yeah. You could. Yeah. Like that would be good. And I, I mean, I eat spaghetti squash, but it's not my favorite. I mean, spaghetti squash isn't my favorite either, but it's okay. I think, no, I think any acorn squash would be better. I like acorn squash a lot. So I think if you like scooped that out, roasted the egg that... Yeah, I, I think that acorn. would. I, I think I love, that would be better. I love an acorn squash. Yeah. So, anyhow, so there's that. The okay. second, the second thing. Well, and then I'm making these tuna croquettes tonight, yeah. and, and I don't have. Um, it said you know you could use uh, um, tartar sauce. I don't have any. And sour then I was cream. Like, <laughs> but I do have sour cream. I love it. And I'm, and I'm going to like add a little bit of um, uh, chopped parsley and in that. And I'm, yep. So that's going to be good. Because it's, because the croquettes have dill in it. Anyway, which you are also not. Now, do you like dill or no? I do not like dill. Gosh, my goodness. I, I'm just like, you know, I, I'm really, it's a stretch. I don't understand how we're friends. I don't get it. <laughs> There are most things we agree on, but when it comes to food, <laughs> I'm much pickier than you are. I think, yes, and I'm much more adventurous. I, that's, yeah. that's a fact. That's okay. That, that is, I'm, we're going we're gonna to put a, a pin in that okay. because, because we're different in that way. And so we're going to put a pin in that for a little bit later. Okay, great. Have you tried your squeezer yet, your lemon squeezer that I gifted to you? Sandy. Game changer. <laughs> I use it all the time. I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not, but I'm one of those people who, you know, occasionally you have a recipe that needs some lemon juice or some lime juice or some garlic or whatever. And I'm just too lazy to do the work myself. And so in my fridge, I always have like a jar of uh, minced garlic, a bottle of lemon juice, a bottle of lime juice. And like when the recipe calls for it, I just plunk it in. Right. Well, as you know, 
a couple of months ago, I was like, all right, I'll buy the actual garlic clove and like do the actual chopping. And I mean, the truth is when you use like a real garlic clove, the flavor is so much better. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it it really is so much fresher. It is so much better. So I've been doing that. And so then because I'm, I've been on like a make my own salad dressing kick, I need more lemons and limes than I have, you know, traditionally, because there is often in the salad dressings that I'm making a, a citrus juice uh, frequently and, and in, a, in some other things too. And so I started buying lemons and limes and then I was just like squeeze, like rolling it to like get the juices flowing, cut it in half, squeezing the half, like, and moving on. And then when you found out that that I was doing that, you were like, no, 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 no. Like you need an actual like press. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Sandy was very kind and she gifted me uh, a lemon lime press and the amount of juice that you get out of the, of the fruit when you use the press in comparison and like I thought I was being pretty thorough with the squeezing like it wasn't like I was just like giving a little squeeze like I was you know punching it down you know but truly and it's so easy cut it in half plunk the half in squeeze it I mean Mm -hmm. I use it all the time like to say that I've used it on six separate occasions I think would be under guessing I think I've used it more than that and here's the thing. I, so Henny, when she when it, when she opened the bag and that was what was in it, and she was like, I could see because it's all it's. I mean, it's large, larger yeah. than average things. And then she was like, Oh, I guess I can find a place in my drawer for it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess you could. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the first thing I thought was, Where am I going to store this thing? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Now. All right. So that's that. The second, here's the second part about that. Well, there's actually something else like you, it's super easy to make homemade like lemonade using that. Okay. Yeah. I haven't done that. Like it's so easy to do now. That's all. Like I make it all the time with limes anyway. So the other day, Phil was making a Chilcano. And so he was squeezing a lime and I came down and I'm like, why do you have the lime in the press like that? And he goes, Alexandra told me that because you get more juice out of it. I'm like, huh. So my question to you is how do you put the half in? Is it like, because the bottom, you know, it's, yeah. Is it cut side up or down? Cut side down. Damn it. You see, you're smarter than me because I've always been doing the other way. Well, so the only reason I know how to do that is because it it is counterintuitive because the shape of the press is it's like a little cup or like a little bowl. So you think you have to put the the half of the fruit in cut side up because then it fits. Right. But no, you don't. And the only reason I know that is because you gave me that press. And then I must have been talking about it at a WW workshop that 
that it was like, you know, like what's, you know, something good from the week and like no one was saying anything. And I was like, wow, I'll tell you, like the best thing that happened to me this week was I was gifted this juice, like this lime and lemon press. And I said, but I said, I'm, uh, no, I think I, I think that was it. I was like, I was gifted that and I was so excited about it. And so then one of the people in the workshop said, make sure when you, use it that you put the fruit cut side down and mm -hmm. I said like cut side down so it doesn't like fit in the little bowl and she said yes cut side down and I was like okay no problem I mean you know better than me I'll do it like I never owned yeah. this thing before anyway so someone told me to do that that's the only reason I do it that way it completely makes sense because there's holes on that part and so obviously it's not meant for it to be like coming up and over no like correct bouncing. correct correct anyway this the, this week was the first time that I've done that, and I was just like, "Oh my god, look how much juice comes out of that yeah, when you do I that!" Know, I know. It's so great. It's so and it's so easy, and it's easy to clean. That's my favorite thing about the appliance. It's easy to clean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not too big that it doesn't fit in the drawer. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so lemons, real lemons, are hard to to find here they, they're in and out all the time and so I had froze some but then I haven't been making um like baked goods recently in the last couple of months so then the, but to take a frozen lemon and then squeeze it you don't necessarily but maybe if I did the other way that might be better now that I'm thinking mm. about it so I'll try that, that however it's still not it's not the same so I also had like from Costco they get the double great big huge lemon lemon juice thing and I I'm finishing it up so I'm thinking okay well I'm going to Canada I should put this on my list and I was like god I just really hate putting that on my list but I'm going to be buying this when I I would prefer just to squeeze it um or, or use fresh right 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 but it only stays two or three days in the fridge when you squeeze it so I thought I could just when they have them squeeze them but mm -hmm. but then it was like oh to freeze it I need to get like ice cube trays like small ones and then you'd, I'd be able to freeze it and then just thaw a thing of lemon juice when I knew I had a recipe for it so I think oh. I'm gonna I'm going I need to go and buy some of that some that's on my this week's to do is to buy uh some ice cube an ice cube tray and give it a try oh that's an idea yeah because you could, when you, when there are lemons there, you mm -hmm. can buy a bunch of lemons and fill the ice cube tray with the juice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, that's the other thing that I remember, actually, I remember Gail saying about fresh herbs is that you can freeze those also. I remember her saying that too, but I've never done that before. And I, no. I don't even know really how to do that. No, okay. But I do remember her saying that. Like, I'm sure that's something we could Google and figure out because that's sure. a nice way to, like, make sure that. Well, because this is what happens with fresh herbs, as you know, is you buy a bunch and then you yeah. use half of it and then you've got the rest and it, you know, inevitably goes bad. Exactly. Exactly. And here, I, I, I thought, oh, I don't even know what I paid today. Here, you can buy them where they, they're just like in a massive big bunch of stuff that's not in any any kind of wrapping or whatever, like no packaging, then you can buy, there's a different brand has it in a bag. Then there's a bag, the one that has it in like 
ones that like I've bought at Loblaws before, the little plasticky yeah. thing, you know? And so today I was like looking for dill and it wasn't my regular grocery store. And I was like, oh, am I going to have to go somewhere else? Like, and I was looking through it anyways. And I found dill, fine. And I thought, I don't even know what I paid for that. And so when I went and looked, it's so ridiculously cheap here, but I right. still don't like to have to waste it. But you can't no. really, you can't really just add dill randomly to a bunch of stuff because it has such a strong flavor. Yeah. So like dill is really good in an omelet or eggs or quiche or something like that. It's very nice. Yeah. But anyways, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my dill. So what you're really saying is dill is not sour cream. Dill is not sour cream. <laughs> no. it is sour not. cream can go on everything. Dill, you have to be more selective. You are correct. You are <laughs> okay, correct. got it, got it, got it, got it. I told you, to, I said, we're going to put a pin in that. You know, I mean, you and I talked the other day because I had a really bad experience at a lunch last week that obviously yeah. now it's almost a week ago and I'm still talking about it. Yeah. And it was really, I guess, homophobic. Yeah. With a group of women who are internationally lived like from different parts of the world and have also lived in many different countries and lived within different cultures and I thought that they were more open to more accepting anyways mm -hmm. one thing I want to say is that I have talked to other um, friends of mine mm -hmm. because now I think I have like eight friends that I speak to on video call that that aren't actually living here, but I have, <laughs> right. I have these people that are like, you kind of you have it spattered all over. You have more video chat <laughs> friends than I have friends total. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I've got them. They're in they're in uh, London, like um, England. They're in Poland. They're in the U.S. They're in Canada, and I think that's everything. I think I have them <laughs> covered. Um, anyways, what I want. Honestly, one is that having this, like chatting and, and sharing this whole experience with them, two of them have told me that their their daughters have come out to them. Right. Something like that I, you didn't know. No, I did not know. Yeah. Um, and I can only think that it's because I had brought up this conversation that they at this point decided to share. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there, that that to me was like a. Sometimes you have to bring these conversations up for people that still don't yeah. know how to bring those conversations up yeah yeah or and they don't need to to be honest no. with you, right um so to me that tells you more about how they value you as a friend or trust you with that information mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um anyway so so that was that was one thing that was interesting to me yeah 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 but the other thing was just like you said about, or we were pointed out is that I, I started really thinking like, I can't be friends in quotations or mm. around people who are not like me mm. and that danger in not being open to that and the danger of only being with people who are like you. Right. My, the danger is if you are only if you are only with people who are like you, mm -hmm. is that you never you never you there's a possibility that you actually don't grow and experience mm -hmm. other things and are open to other people's views and values. Mm -hmm. The struggle when you are with people who are not like you is that they are so far from 
who you are mm. down in your core, mm-hmm. that it becomes very difficult to be with those people. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I have a lot of things in common. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we have some food things that are not in common are okay. Those are not deal breakers, you know? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. But there are other things like being homophobic that to me... Is a deal breaker. Is a deal breaker. And more, more importantly, is you can have your own opinions on things, but it it wasn't a discussion. It was a debate. It felt like being attacked. I felt like then I was on the defensive for something that, why am I being, why do I need to defend? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and those kind of interactions don't solve anything anyways. Mm -hmm. It just, it just creates a bigger mess. And then I end up not saying anything, which then makes me feel really shitty and still speak about it a week later because, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a couple of like levels to this, right. Or layers maybe. And one is, I think the type of difference makes a difference. You know, like the type of difference between you and another person that you're spending time with, some differences are great. You know, sometimes it's a difference that you actually are looking for. You know, sometimes some Mm -hmm. differences are inconsequential. Like, like, you know, the fact that you love dill and sour cream and eggplant (laughs) and I don't, I won't eat something that has dill in it. I'm not particularly fond of eggplant and sour cream is never something I'm going to choose. Like it's an inconsequential difference, right? It doesn't matter one way or the other. Um, You know, and then, like I said before, you have differences that are good, you know, like, like I think our age difference makes us a, a, a better, like a stronger friendship than we might have if we were the same age, because, Mm just that difference gives us a little bit like it, it adds something and I'm, I'm not saying that you can't have a close friendship with someone who's your same age but it's yeah. different right and and I think yeah. it adds something rather than detract right yes but then um then you have differences that are like core values and I don't know and 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 then okay so with that kind of a difference it really depends on partly what the relationship is yeah and also partly what you've already alluded to that you know if if you are trying to spend time with or develop some sort of a friendship or even an acquaintance an acquaintanceship with someone whose core values are different from yours the only way that's going to work is if both people are willing to at least hear each other out. Yeah. You know, because something fruitful could come of that. But I mean, this is not the experience that you had. You know, yeah. this this was this was a conversation with people that were not interested in hearing another point of view other than theirs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and yeah, I there's something about that particular difference. Like when you, yeah, like it, if, if it is extremely important to you that people be valued for who they are and that we 
um, be open to learning more and to educating ourselves and to understanding differences between people, whether that's cultural differences, religious differences, differences in sexuality, differences in gender, mm -hmm. like whatever that might be, you know, that is a, an, it's an inherent part of your being that, that causes you to be compassionate and sensitive and yes. and uh loving towards others i don't know as a person who has that in them like how do you spend social time with people who are the complete opposite yeah and that that's that's what i've you know kind of struggling with it's you can you can you you can have those views but i don't think that you have to you still can't be kind to people mm -hmm. you know and i think that's really it was it was the lack of it was mean it was meanness yeah. it was like the way yeah. that it was said was very mean and very privileged yeah and so i'm much more in tune with recognizing in myself and in others mm -hmm when they when they don't recognize that purely based on where you were born and the color of your skin mm -hmm. you have things that are afforded to you that other people do not even if they were born in the same country as you if their skin color is different they are not afforded the same things yeah. sometimes not all the time but mm -hmm. a lot of the times mm -hmm. you know and and so you're not a victim <laughs> no I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't buy that. You're not a victim. Yeah. And so that's, but here's the thing then. Do I, do I let that, let, let those people know, or do I just leave it? That's the other thing. Right. Yeah. Dr. Like, do you have, the con do you have the conversation? Well, do you have the, the friendship breakup? Like, do you have the conversation to say, I can't spend time with you anymore and these are the reasons? Or do you just ghost them? Like, is that what you're asking? No, I'm asking, do I even say, like, I was really uncomfortable with the conversation and, and, and the way that it, you know, the, the way that it went. In this particular situation, I'm probably just going to just leave it because, you know, at some point I won't, be living with like in a in yeah. any near proximity one of them very is leaving soon um and the other one maybe leaves here before i do yeah. which you know in the next year whatever and and then i i just wouldn't it, it they're they're people that i will never have a conversation with again yeah. like yeah because yeah there's nothing except for living in this place that is keeping us really speaking i don't know it's just i don't yes. know if i just become more sensitive to it i don't know what it is it's hard like just people i mean age is another thing and and it's just, it's i mean i remember when i found out how old you were and i was like oh my god you know <laughs> sorry 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 i look old <laughs> no i remember i remember thinking oh my god i remember saying to you how old is your mom because i thought oh my god am i the same age as your mom your mom's not that much older than me but she is older than me so that's she's, all that she's got a decade on you <laughs> so that's all that matters you know <laughs> but but um but on the other hand it's like you obviously were open to it didn't really matter to you because you knew obviously i'm older 
because you know how old you are. Yeah. And, but I've been on the other side of that where, where people at, just because of the, the particular time that we, uh, our lives intersected, that, that they weren't, they didn't need to be open to it, but, right. and they, and, or to even see what we may have in common, but they could only see what we don't have in common. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, any sort of relationship, I mean, I think most relationships start from some, from, from something that is common, right? And then that, at, at a certain point, that commonality isn't enough to maintain the relationship. There's got to be something more, right? And I'm thinking yeah. like, you know, the most obvious example are people who are friends with with classmates and like schoolmates, right? Like yeah. when you are in school together, whether that's elementary school, high school, college, university, whatever it is, when you are in mm-hmm. school together, you have that in common with all the people around you. You're all in school together. And so there are a lot of friendships that happen in school that when you transition out of school or you transition to a new school or a different school, those friendships are left behind because if there was nothing else keeping you together, then there's no reason for it to continue. Yeah. You know, and like work, work friends and work acquaintances, same thing, right? Like, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like talking about, you know, friendships with ages, like, I started school earlier than like a year sooner than I should have. And so my entire life, I always had friends that were older than me because Mm. the kids that were in my class were older than me. And then my brother was a year ahead. And so I was friends with him and his friend group as well. So like, so my whole, my whole life, I was, I was friends with people who were older than me. And then when I went to work in Disney world, (laughs) I was old. And everyone that I worked with was younger than me. And then all of a sudden I found myself friends with people who were younger than me. And it, it threw me for a loop originally. Like I was really surprised at like, oh, I didn't realize that I could be friends with people that were um, two years younger than me, four years younger than me, six years younger than me, you know, Mm. and, you know, and you know, turns out you can be. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got a real, now I've got a very wide, widespread age group of, of my friends. Right. But yeah, but it it has to do with what is the thing that was common to begin with and Mm -hmm. then what builds from there. And I think that's why it doesn't have to be that you are the exact same person. It doesn't have to be that everything you like is exactly the same. Yeah. But I think the core of who you are as a person, like you said, like the kindness, like the core of who you are as a person, I I think you can't, you can't get around that if that piece doesn't match. Yeah. Messy. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. People are messy. People are black sometimes too. Yeah, they are. yeah, they are icky. They're icky. They are, but then some people are awesome. They that's true. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. You know, it's like Forrest Gump and his box of chocolates. You <laughs> yes, just never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, I mean, never you know. Might get something like super sweet and salty, like a salty caramel, and then you might yeah. get like, orange. Yeah, <laughs> you know. 
That's right. And then if you're someone like my husband, he likes the orange one. Oh, what a weirdo. I know. He likes chocolate and orange combination. Not my thing. Not my thing. No. I say, have all that chocolate you want here because I will not go near it. It's not my thing. It is. It is not something I'm going to choose ever. Chocolate and mint? Oh, yeah. I'll take Yes. That. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate and peanut butter? Sign me up. <laughs> Peanut butter and anything, sign me up. Yes, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> oh I, I might even try some eggplant if it were slathered in peanut butter. Oh, you know, you know, you know. And here's the thing, I just literally, as you were saying dill, I'm like, of course you don't like dill, you freaking hate pickles. Yeah, 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 no, that's why it's but too pickly. I didn't eat, I didn't, yeah. it's too pickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, that's why I don't like it. My, so... But My how do you like cucumbers? I love I love cucumbers. I know, but what do you think a pickle is? Well, but it's not the same. <laughs> why? Here's why. It's not it's because you use dill when pickling. Yeah, I don't like it. That's it's really dill you don't like. The pickles okay. It's just when it's a dill. Do you like bread and butter pickles? No. No, they're sweet. I don't like them. My dad likes those. No, I'm not yeah, or like gherkins. No. Yeah, but even a gherkin, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, but they're crunchy. Gross. <laughs> it's all going to be a no for me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you for that. So I'm going to, I am, I'm trying to move past it. I am yeah. trying to move past it. Um, all right. Okay. So tell us, let's talk about the podcast that you, you um, sort of dropped into my, into my yeah, well, I stumbled across this podcast that's called Workforce uh, with Adam Grant, and I saw it because one of the other podcasts that I subscribed to was featuring an like an episode of Workforce. Is like like sometimes uh -huh. people who are okay. friends like if yeah. they have podcasts, they like will play someone else's podcast on their channel to try and like get people to know more about it so so that's how I came across it and but the episode was called it was something about per, like a perfectionist yeah and and I thought oh this looks interesting like I just have to give this a listen and I was about halfway through the episode and I thought I think Sandy might like this too like I'm gonna send yeah. it over so the the podcast itself is Work Life with Adam Grant, and the t the episode that we listened to is called Breaking Up with Perfectionism. I wow. I found it quite interesting. Wow, so did I because I mean I I'm not a self proclaimed perfectionist, right? But someone I know is, or yeah. has been, and is working on it. Oh yeah, yeah, you, who's yeah, that? yeah, you. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a that was like a fighting way like oh yeah oh yeah who's that <laughs> no I didn't mean it fighting Are you talking I, to me? meant, I meant it like <laughs> you're being you're being like sassy <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. so. I may have a few perfectionistic tendencies yes and I know I mean like you know the, the first step is always like awareness and so you are aware yes <laughs> you and we've talked about this previously about different connections that you can see to why like tying it with 
eating habits mm-hmm. and perfection mm-hmm. and why why like why you think in some instances that that was important to you because you felt that hit other things mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so anyway i found this this actually very so interesting that i sent it to phil and said ah. like i think I think you might like this yeah. only because there was a lot of great strategies in it. Yes. I think are really good for people who are like managed people, parents, like there was a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff in there. And I was really surprised at how packed full of like strategies it was. Like it wasn't just, you know, this is what perfectionism is. And, you know, we all yeah. struggle with it. Like it was it was truly like a few different examples, a few different experts talking about their research. And then like, here are things you can actually do. Yes. Yeah. And so there, there was one, as I was listening, I was like, Oh, I need to ask Henny this. So I want, so do you think as you've, uh, as you age or as you're getting older, do you think that you um, have become more frustrated with other people's imperfections. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. So as I've gotten older, have I gotten more frustrated with other people's imperfections? Yeah. No. Have I become more vocal about it? Yes. Okay. Have you become more frustrated by other people's imperfections I don't think so okay I don't think so from a very young age I was I found people very hard to take (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm just thinking about like I'm thinking about like even in elementary school like as like as like young like being in a group where we had to work on something together with other people and like truly like, and, and so my strategy was to just take on all the work myself because I couldn't bear the, the frustration of trying to get other people to do things properly or what Mm -hmm. I perceived as being proper. And, and that, lasted like I took that strategy of just taking it on myself through my whole life but but in as I've gotten older I think I I've I'm trying to become better at not absorbing more tasks just because someone else isn't going to do it perfectly yeah um but the frustration level I think was always there and continues to be there yeah so would you like just as you were saying that do you not think that there may have been times where when people know that you will take everything on that you actually then attract the people that don't actually do any of the work because they know that that you're going to do it um i think so yeah i think so because i think that's i mean I think that happens general, like, I think that happens in general. Like, I think people who get things done tend to have more things thrust upon them. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that because you actually want to be in control of everything, you don't mind having those people who are also on the team because then no one is trying to, no one is, it's, it'd be like two of you on the same. Correct. 
Yeah, correct. Okay. And here's like going back to what we were talking about, like, you know, differences with people. Like two of me, if they're exactly like me, I'm good with it. Like, let's go. We can okay. conquer the world. Yeah. But two of me, like with very different ideas of what needs to be done, that's uh -huh. hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Um, and have you ever not tried something because you didn't think you'd be perfect at it or because you don't like the practice that's required to become proficient or perfect in your mind? So this was interesting because to me, those are two very different things because that there, because one of the, one of the people that they had on the podcast was talking about not not liking not liking being a beginner at anything mm -hmm. and so they never wanted to like try something new or start something new because they didn't want to go through that period of time where they didn't know and they had to learn that's not me okay um I don't mind being a beginner at something and like working towards getting better at it I, I don't mind that like because I I like to learn things Right. So, so that's not me. Um, but the other, the other part of that was, you know, have you never, have you ever not tried something because you didn't think you would be perfect at it? Absolutely. Um, can I give you a specific example of something mm -hmm. that I never tried? I did not off the top of my head, but 100%, 100%. If I, don't think that I'm going to be good at something. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like things like things like improv or like or like karaoke or like the, I don't like that stuff. I don't like it because I don't feel good at it. Yeah. And so I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I, I would that. and I would yeah. rather not do it. And I know like with like something like karaoke like some people do it because they're amazing singers and it's, and they're like jaw dropping and it's amazing. A lot of people do it because they know they're terrible and they think it's funny. Yeah. I don't like either of those options. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do something that I'm not yeah. very good at it so that it's funny. Like I don't yeah. feel that it's funny. Um, and I'm not good at it. So yeah. I would rather not do something like that. Okay. And see, see, that's how I feel about like any type of, activity that requires dance steps ah. like Zumba it's so funny because I also traditionally hate going to a dance I don't like like I never liked school dances I don't like the idea of going to a dance because I like I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and so like all I'm gonna do is just stand there and like step touch step touch and and like I just huh. I really really don't like it and so I always wanted to take dance lessons to learn steps and so I did I I spent several years of my late teens and early 20s dancing like doing a lot of ballroom mm -hmm. and latin dancing and so now like i love to go to a salsa club because everyone is dancing a dance that i know and i'm good yeah. at it okay you know? yeah um, but i'm very uncomfortable at like a wedding where there's dancing because because no because it's not 
a, a prescribed step. Huh. And, and so, I, yeah. so we're the opposite. Hundred percent the because opposite. You are because I know this from taking like yeah. Zumba classes and things with you that, yeah. that you get really frustrated and frazzled yes. if you don't remember the steps. Yeah. And I'm like, woohoo, got it! Like step yeah. to the right, and cross to the left, do this. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm in, and I'm into it. But mm -hmm. truly, like like have a DJ play music and say everyone get up and dance. I'm like I'll oh. I'll sit out, thanks. And I know you can't get me off the dance floor. So what is that? Well, because well, I'm more, I like the freestyle, and and I literally, Phil and I were somewhere, and there was, oh, we were taking a walk along the the water, and and in the morning there's groups of people doing different types of exercise. Well, there was a massive group that were doing. Um, it was a, I said, well, they're doing Zumba. There must have been forty people. So there's one instructor, and they're out there, and. And I said, oh, I said, I see, I said, you see, like, they're all, and they're all in sync. I go, yeah. oh, wait, there's the one person. Then I said, you see that person? That's me. <laughs> yeah. That's me there. Yeah. I'm just like, and then I'm just like, oh, screw it. You know, I get to a point because to me, it's so, it's takes the fun out of it. And it's so stressful yeah. because I just can't get the friggin' steps, you know, yeah. I can, I can learn the steps. It just takes me a lot longer. And by that time they've gone yeah. to the next song. You know, and it's like, ugh, okay. You're but, not yeah. nearly as slow at picking up on stuff <laughs> as you say you are. Yeah. Yeah, because there have been times, like, I, I remember doing, like, um, a step class. Yeah. And that requires a lot of yeah knowing which foot. It's like choreography. Yeah. yeah. You have to lead off on one foot to do this to get around, or otherwise you're going to trip over the thing. And I, I remember taking it and... I, the teacher would not move on to the next thing until everybody knew, but I learned it. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned it, she says. But once you learn it, you don't, it literally, you don't forget it. Like that's no. the thing. It's like you hear, and then maybe the first time you're like, oh, and then you're like, yeah, wait a minute. Stop overthinking it. Just let your body move. It's like riding a bike, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I liked when they, so the people who are on the podcast, the, the, the host, um, plus I think one of the, the people he was interviewing or yeah. who was, who were contributing were both divers, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. At first I thought they meant like, I thought, I didn't, I thought they meant other kind of divers, like diving, like underwater diving. Oh, but like scuba divers. No, yes. no, no. They're like, like high platform divers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I've been thinking, what are they talking about? And then I was like, oh, didn't even occur to me, but anyway, but, but they talked about, you know, in, in any type of sport, where there's a grading system where it's like out of 10 mm. and, and we've just, it's just happened that we think that 10 means perfect, right? But 10, it doesn't mean perfect because nobody is perfect. perfect. Yeah. Right. It was, it was just, it's just the top of the scale. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, Oh, I really, really liked that. I also really, really liked that. I was like, how, like that can change a lot of things for a lot of people. Yeah. It's like having a performance evaluation. And I mean, I've done a lot of performance evaluations with like structured forms that were, you know, um, um, developed mm -hmm. like when I worked at McDonald's and, you know, there was like rating scales and people always wanted to be rated a one, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then if they weren't rated a one, like the thing is, is that when you get to be at the top of the scale, 
I mean, I know for me, it was like, well, people, you have to continue to not just perform at what you were, but you, it's, you have to continue improving to maintain. Yeah. It's not like you get there and then that's it. No, that's the thing. It's like being a 10 at something. It's like, it doesn't mean you're perfect and that you stop learning or adjusting. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to always continually be doing that. So mm-hmm. that I really, I really, really like that. And I thought like, that would be a real change in like, in schools when it came to grading things, mm-hmm. people comparing themselves to another their person based on that because they could both be a 10 and not and they, and they're very different like mm-hmm. you know not that they can be they probably are very different mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so but that has to start like I mean it starts that starts young it yeah. starts young well it's the difference and they and they made this differentiation a few times it's the difference between pursuing perfection and pursuing excellence yes yeah right? and they yes. and they talked about those as being two separate things although we tend to societally we tend to meld them together but they're not the same thing right when you yes. are trying to be excellent you're yeah. trying to be the very best that you can be at whatever it is that you're doing and yeah. you're always striving to improve and that was like that was one of the strategies that they talked about and you've alluded uh. to that already that it's like you can't compare what you are doing to what other people are doing or how you're ranking up to how other people are ranking up, you have to, you're you're only in competition with yourself. And so you're constantly trying to do better yourself at whatever it might be. And, you know, and and he gave a couple of different examples, like he said, because of course he's like Adam Grant is an author. He has several published books. And so he said, you know, when I'm, when a book of mine is being published, he's like, I don't look to see like how many of my books are being sold in comparison to how many of other yeah. authors are being sold. He's like, that those, those are two different things. I can't compare them. But what yeah. I can compare is how many of my previous books sold in comparison to how much of my new book is selling. Yeah. You like he's like those are the kinds of things I have to consider and and then when he was talking to the diver you know and he also was a a diver and they had this and the person he was talking to and himself they both had the same coach at different times and so they were talking about like things that the coach did and one of the things the coach did was you know, every time like would have like a celebration every time each individual diver had their best dive, you know, and then, and then the next best dive and then the next best dive. And so it wasn't about whose dive was the best. It wasn't even about, you know, how your dive stacked up against, you know, like other divers in the country or whatever it might be. It was like, how was this in comparison to the one that you just did? Yeah, they actually said that the, the the coach put a reel together, so would actually send them a video of their dive, and so they they could see, and then com- they were like you said, comparing against themselves about mm-hmm. what their previous, what they'd done in the past. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and and right when they they were this, they were uh, talking about this, I was like, this this is so aligned with like weight loss. 
A hundred percent. Like I, so the podcast is really for like the work environment, which I think is really cool that you sent it to Phil because I think he would get something out of it. Yeah. But the whole time I was listening, I was like, this is so connected to weight loss and so connected Mm -hmm. to, you know, any work that you are putting in to be healthy. Yes. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the one thing with this with this highlight reel that the coach did is the coach sent each of the divers like a, a video with clips of all of their best dives. And mm-hmm. so even when they were feeling like they weren't achieving, they could look at their reel of all of the best things that they did. And, yeah. you know, and, and that's another one of the strategies is to remind yourself that you you know, have done great things and that you, you know, yeah. that, that you, that you, even though like in the past week or in the past day or in the past month, you know, you, you are focused on all of the failures and the mistakes and the problems, mm-hmm. but this was a way to get the divers to focus on, okay. But in that same span of time where you're like, really focused on these two dives that didn't go well yeah. look at all of the amazing dives you did too and and I was like right away brought to like a WW workshop where it's like you know we always start by saying you know like what are we celebrating this week and like sometimes no one has anything to say yeah you know yeah. and I'm like this is not possible it is not possible that a group of you know 30 40 50 60 people didn't have like one good thing from the week, but it's hard to remember those one good things or those 10 good things or those 50 good things, which is probably more likely. We just don't remember them. We remember the fact that, you know, we overate the night before. We remember the fact that we missed two workouts. We remember like that's stuff that we focus on. Yeah. Talking about like the reels is that looking at the differences between the dives for the, in this example, Mm -hmm. and then thinking about, you know, what are one or two little things that maybe you want to work on and adjust And It's exactly the same thing is that we're always so in tune with, well, I did all the work, but the scale didn't move. And so the only thing we're focused on is the scale. But if we look back on all of the things like our real, right, our highlight reel is looking at the evolution of, of, um, the types of foods that you're eating, the, the portion sizes of the foods, the, um, the type of activity, anything that you have changed and added and tweaked along the way that are also part of that same highlight reel, not just that maybe, you know, the scales move 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30, a hundred pounds, whatever. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that just, it's, it's like the perfection is not getting to your goal weight. Yes. And the danger in that is the same danger is always striving for perfection because you never are going to achieve it and you're never going to be happy with it because you are just, you've been so focused on that and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was really taken by it for the most part. And by the comparison, even when you compare yourself, it's like, let's be more relevant with the comparisons to ourselves and not compare 50 year old, you know, Joe to like 20 year old, 20 year old. Yeah. 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 I recently was um, listening to someone um, and they were talking about, it was how to decide what your, your goal weight or your final weight is. And, and, and 
they actually said is like, never go back. Like anything under like your early twenties, you shouldn't even be thinking about that weight as being anything that in your adult life that you have been able to maintain. You're it's looking at a weight that you've been able to maintain. That's a healthy weight for you for like a good portion or a long period of time in your adult life. Mm -hmm. Now, that won't apply to everyone mm -hmm. because, you know, for for many of us in our adult life, there really weren't a lot of times that we yeah. were at a healthy weight for mm -hmm. a, or we were, but it wasn't for a period of time that yeah. you would say is like a you've sustained it and, and mm -hmm. been able to manage it. And um, I thought that was really good because you find too many people are like, oh, but when I was in grade 10, I wore this. Yeah. Okay, but your body wasn't even fully developed for Christ's yeah. sake. You know, like yeah. it's ridiculous. You're never going to be like that. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just not possible. Um, so so I really, I really liked like, like that kind that of stuck out way to me. thinking, too. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And weight isn't isn't the only thing. I mean, I can see my weight has fluctuated a little bit, but my body has shifted. Like the weight's shifted. It's it's different than it was. And mm -hmm. so that makes the clothes not fit the same way. Mm -hmm. And that can really mentally you're trying you're playing this game is like, I don't understand why. Why is this happening to me? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just today I thought, you know what? So for the last seven months, I've my, my level of activity is not nearly what it was. No. And so the fact that, you know, my weight's fluctuated like four or five pounds, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's also proof that you don't have to be knocking yourself out and killing yourself to maintain your weight loss mm -hmm. or to manage your weight in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's a lot of like today I was really thinking about that. And there's like a lot of like lessons and, and like ahas for me to be like, yeah, sometimes you just have to like be happy with, with where you are and the things that you're doing now and let go of what you think you should be doing, what was. Well, and a lot of that comes with this like tied back into this idea of perfectionism, right? Yeah. Like, cause that's really a perfectionistic way of thinking is to constantly be thinking like, well, but this is what it was and that's what I should do, or this is what I was doing. Yeah. So I have to continue doing that. And then mm -hmm. that was the other thing that they, that they talked about that, um, you know, really struck a chord with me too, is that this idea that some of the hardest things to cope with when it comes to people who feel like they have, you know, that they are perfectionists is not just what they're expecting of themselves, but what they perceive yeah. others are expecting of them. Yes. Yeah. And That's so it's, it's letting that stuff go, right? It's, you know, yeah. okay, so I, I used to do this and other people know that I used to do this, but I mean, now I don't like, and yeah. let that go. But that's also, and, and the thing is, is that, and it, you know, in the last recently I had, you know, one of my kids not had not told us about something that was going on. Mm -hmm. And when asked why the response was because I was always the one that did everything right. And like, mm. and so there's a danger in, in that also is that when you think that you are doing the right thing by acknowledging someone for the good things that they do mm. is that there's also the danger is that that if something doesn't there's, go right for them yeah. then, then they there's, there's pressure nowhere. there's pressure there's yeah. a lot of pressure yeah. and that then then there's you know i mean a bunch of other things to their own psyche that 
happens. And and the thing is, is that you don't feel that way. That's not, no, no, it isn't what you meant, but it doesn't matter what you meant. Yeah. Life is messy and it, sticky. It is. It, it is. It is. So but it's a, it's a good thing you have so many international friends to keep you uh, <laughs> on the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Sandy, I won't wish you a perfect week. No, <laughs> but I will wish you an excellent one. Thank you. I will. I will strive to for it to be as excellent as it can be. I'm very happy. We, um, uh, Phil and I are participating in the Pride Parade on Saturday, yeah. and so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Actually, um, yeah. So I think it'll be a lot of fun, um, and I it'll be nice to see because it's it's definitely not. Not um, you know Canada or Toronto, um, but um, but anyways, it would be lovely. Oh, I'm really so excited. exciting. I yes, can't wait yes. to see pictures. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, all right, my friend. Thank you as always for a great discussion. Thank you to everybody who's listening. We appreciate it definitely. Yeah. And we'll chat with you next week. All right. See you. <laughs>